Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. We are counting it down to Super Bowl 58. So much at stake. We got X's, we got O's, we got history, we got Jeff Saturday. Let's do this. Here we go! Only one place to start. The Chiefs are in their fourth Super Bowl in five years. I mean, they should have all that attention. While we might be under the radar, I guess, to people on the outside, I think the Chiefs are very aware that we're not under the radar at all. When you look back on it, it was definitely a time of, like, now or never, like, let's refocus, let's, let's get this thing going. But every journey is different, so it's definitely appreciated that we had to go through that. But it don't mean nothing if you don't come out of this uh, last game with a victory. With Mahomes' experience now, I mean, that's why no matter what type of game it is, whether it's low scoring, high scoring, whether they're struggling or not, I mean, they always have a chance. The Super Bowl is on the way. Vegas Sunday. We're so ready to go. But before we can get to Sunday, let's get to Saturday. Jeff is with us here as we come to you live, as always, from the Seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose, plus the entire hashtag crew has assembled around us. And it is nice to see that Hembo is here for third grade picture day. Uh, Don't you think so, Jeff? Look (laughs) at the way Hembo is dressed today. That sweater over that shirt you look like your mom dressed you in that to go to third grade because today's the day they're taking your pictures. I don't, I don't have any understanding of what it is you're wearing. Jeff, you agree or disagree with disagree that? Disagree with it. Because I, I was going for sexy librarian. Yeah, solid. I hit that, solid. right? Absolutely. I, I definitely met the mark. Absolutely. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're a little bit of a deep thinker for Greeny. Like, Greeny's very surface. Agreed. You are, you're at a much deeper level. You're thinking, you're, you, you know, you're playing chess. He's checkers. It's all He shoots that. in ladders. Yeah, absolutely. L- let everybody uh, a little bit behind the scenes here. Jeff and I have been, we've been sparring all day long. Yeah. I've made Jeff upset. It's over. Which I'm not happy about because he's very tough. Like, <laughs> Jeff is going quail hunting next week. <laughs> And I'm not kidding. Like, what that means is that you're going to go someplace where there are quail, which I believe are birds, and you're yes. just going to birds. shoot them until they're dead. <laughs> and I'm not going to do that next week or any other Ever. time because the very idea of it scares me to death. So uh, your toughness and mine, I've never been uh, compared, nor should they be. Uh, but he's upset at me because of my Brock Purdy positions, which I think are perfectly reasonable and reasoned. And by the time we finish this conversation, I think I will have won you over. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> so let's try. Here, here's the bottom line of it is this. In life, we are all of us, as much as anything, a product of the circumstances we find ourselves in. That begins immediately, right? If you are... If you are born the child of an NFL owner, that is a very different set of circumstances to be in than if you were born in a poor neighborhood where you have to work yourself out of an otherwise disadvantageous situation. I'm giving the most obvious example of this to point out that I believe in the National Football League, which you guys always tell me is the most interdependent sport that we have. For sure. The circumstances that players find themselves in determine everything. So let me give you an example. If you were a great basketball, who's a great player who just came into the league recently, Victor Wembanyama, whoever you might, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, no matter where they got drafted, no matter what the circumstances were, their greatness was eventually going to show because basketball is that kind of sport. Right. If you're a baseball player, if you can hit home runs or you can throw strikeouts, you're going to do that. But you don't re- rely on anyone else for your ability to do that. In football, you are fully reliant yes. on what is around you. So what does that mean? Patrick Mahomes is the perfect storm 
of everything going right. He yeah. walked in there with great talent and most importantly, great work ethic and all that. I'm not trying to diminish what he's accomplished at all. But he also walked into a situation where he was on a good team with a great yeah. coach who develops players really well. And if he had been drafted by the Bears where Mitchell Trubisky was, I'm not saying he would stink, but he wouldn't be Patrick Mahomes. Facts. The example for this I always use, and it came from my dad, was Al Toon. Do you remember Al Toon? Yeah. He was a very good wide receiver for the New York Jets. I actually looked up his numbers today. He was drafted in 1985 by the Jets. He was drafted ahead of Jerry Rice. Right. Rice went in that draft. Al Toon, I think the Jets drafted him like 10th overall or something like that, and Rice went somewhere in the 20s. And Al Toon had a really good career. He caught over 500 passes. He had one season where he caught 93 balls. But he played on terrible teams, terribly coached with at very best, average quarterback play. And he wound up having to retire very young because he got so many concussions. He was a big, tall guy who got hit all the time because the Jets had no clue what they were doing, as has been the case for so much of their history. And he wound up having a, a very forgettable career. Yeah. And my dad always used to say, Altoon was so good. If Bill Walsh and Joe Montana had Altoon, he would be Jerry Rice today. He would mm. be the guy we talk about as, as the greatest receiver of all time. And so let's even live in a world where that's an exaggeration. He yep. would be in the Hall of Fame. He would have had a great career rather than a career where practically no one even remembers who he is. Okay. Why am I setting all of this up this way? Because the circumstances that Brock Purdy has been drafted into are Patrick Mahomes, are Jerry Rice, he just walked into a situation with Bill Walsh and Joe, and Joe Montana or the equivalent of them, and he is reaping the benefits. Now, I'm not diminishing what he's doing. He's playing great, and I give him all the credit in the world. But what I am saying is the idea that he individually is a player on the level with some of the other best quarterbacks in this league and that they should just automatically say, well, we got our guy for the next 15 years, I think that's overstating what he is. Jeff? Have at me. All right. First of all, you basically proved my point in your whole conversation. But I'll say it like this. Every quarterback that you're talking about, because it is an interdependent sport, right? Like, so every quarterback that you talk about, including Patrick Mahomes, walks into a great situation that's beneficial. Joe Burrow walks into Cincinnati. They have, again, their team wasn't good, but they have good receivers, right? They put people around them. They do these things. All of a sudden, his numbers go crazy, right? Josh Allen, they add on Stephon Diggs. All of a sudden, his numbers come alive. You go from Dak Prescott. He had a great offensive line, great run game. All of a sudden, he wins some playoff games. He's a third-round pick, so all of a sudden, he's doing whatever it is. Brock Purdy is getting slandered because he walked into a team that had talent that was already around him. What I will say differentiates Brock Purdy from the cases you're talking about, that Jimmy G took him to a Super Bowl or whatever this conversation is, is that Brock Purdy has had to be clutch to take this team to the Super Bowl. They didn't just, the defense didn't just lock it down for Brock Purdy. They're getting run through, right? Like all of a sudden, Aaron Jones can't be stopped. Detroit can't be stopped. They're, sl they're not slowing anybody down. So Brock Purdy has to do something that in the Shanahan, beautiful, best play caller ever, all those things is over. 
like Ofer. That means they ain't ever done it, bro. They were 0 like 48 with, with no lead in the fourth quarter until Brock Part, uh, Purdy brings them back and makes, what is it, six out of seven throws and one's a drop. Mm-hmm. Throws freaking dimes on the final drive to go down and win this game against them. They're down a significant amount to Detroit. Purdy basically uses his legs and his arms to make a play and make plays play after play. At some point, you rely on a player being clutch and being the best in that moment. All the guys that you compare them to, whether it's Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is the only guy. Josh Allen hadn't even made it to the Super Bowl yet. But we, but you talk about him like this dude should be a bona fide Hall of Famer, best player, whatever it is. Okay, so if that's the case, when the moments are the biggest – Purdy has met the challenge. Now, I'm not saying from a legacy point he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, because I have no idea. But what I would tell you is in the 20-some-odd game sample size, the dude has done that and then some. So when you compare him to Joe Burrow, it's exactly the same numbers from his second year when everybody that I know is stomping on this guy's going to push Patrick Mahomes of who's the greatest quarterback during this generation. I heard it. I heard it on this on this studio, in this area. My, my, the guy, colleagues I work with have all said that. Josh Allen's going to push Mahomes. All, well, the only guy to get himself to the NFC Championship game and then the Super Bowl the next year so far has been Brock Purdy. So tell me, because here's the deal. He doesn't look like he's short, he's slow, he's white, he's got a weak arm, whatever it is. Whatever all those things are, the guy doesn't look the part to go be the stud that he has been. But he is the part. And my problem is that we all try to make him less than he is when he is outperforming what we expected of him. How about we just champion and go, hey, dude, he's a freaking baller. And he has shown up and made plays where other guys have not. Himbo gave me this stat when we were on Get Up. This season for the 49ers, the only one you could basically liken it to is Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan's MVP season with Julio Jones. Okay, where was Matt Ryan drafted? Really high. Yeah, third pick in the draft. Okay, really high. So what I'm saying is if Brock Purdy was drafted in the first round, we would all be saying something completely different. But because he doesn't mark or check the boxes of the intangibles that we expect out of. So so you're telling me right now, you look at Justin Herbert's career and Brock Purdy's career right now, which one are you picking? You're going to be 500 or you want to go to an NFC Championship game in the Super Bowl? It goes without saying you would take Purdy. But if I gave you the option of starting a team with either Justin Herbert or Brock Purdy, which one would you take? I'm telling you right now, I just, would, I just wouldn't rubber stamp Herbert. Well, that's insane. What, what has he done? Listen, what wins has he given you that you go? He has Keenan Allen. He has Williams. He has Eckler. They had an offensive. They had the highest paid defense in history, and they can't find ways to win. So when you tell me players elevate, he's elevated to 500. So that's the guy that we're going to mark. That's my my problem with this whole conversation is that's because of what you start the the concepts you have in your mind of what a player should look like. And listen, I fought it my whole career, so I know what it looks like. I mean, it, so it is. It is, it is biased because of the draft and what some general managers say it should look like. Jeff, the season before the Bengals drafted Joe Burrow, they were 2-14. and 14. 
The year before that, they were six and ten, seven and okay, nine. Okay, so six, you're using the Joe one. Burrow. Okay, so you go, use Joe go, Burrow. So go, I didn't so go use to Joe Patrick Burrow. Mahomes. You did. So go to Patrick Mahomes. His first two years into the best situation okay. any quarterback ever has, and then he took advantage of it and right. made it better. Right? right. So why don't we allow Purdy to get to that point instead of cutting it off and being like he's not that guy? Because if you're only comparing him to Mahomes, that's a fair argument. I would you compare, compare him to, to Mahomes Allen's, if my life depended. What on about it? Allen's first three years compared to Purdy's th- first if, three if years? I offered you Josh Allen or Brock Purdy on your team right now. I'm asking you team, in the first you three take? years, who would you have taken? Because you got to compare them at the same time. You can't go Josh Allen six years in versus Purdy two years Josh in. Josh Allen was also drafted by a terrible team. I mean, wh- what are we oh talking my God, about bro, here? He was a first-round draft pick. Right. They're supposed to elevate you. Like you say, they're supposed to elevate everybody around you. I'm looking up the, what the Bills' records were the year before they got him. I mean, th- these are these are guys who came into terrible situations. Joe Burrow had the Bengals in the Super Bowl in his second year. And listen, I love Burrow. This is not a shot on Burrow. It's a shot on how you view quarterbacks and what you think. When the kid plays exceptional, give them credit for playing exceptional. He had the most tight window throws and the most efficient throws in the NFL. Yeah, That's doing something, y'all. That drive with Green Bay, the, the third down throw that he makes in the tightest of tight windows. Let me tell you, man, a lot of dudes lock up. That means they get... Real tight, and everybody knows exactly what I mean. He wasn't tight. He wasn't tight in Detroit when they're down all these points, and he pulls the ball down and goes and makes a 21-yard scramble that Lamar Jackson didn't make against against the Chiefs, right? But we're going we're gonna to give that guy the MVP, and we're going to talk about Purdy's getting carried by his teammates. It is a trash argument, bro. I'm just telling you right now, it's a trash argument. Some t- players have to play. I don't care what system you're in. Shanahan's a great coach. I'm not taking away from him. But you still got to go play. And he is playing to a level that we have to tip our cap and go, you know what, man? For your second year, you're really good. And I don't know if you keep going, but by God, for the first two years, you've done something special. Okay, so let me just counter that. Okay. In 2019, was that the year that the the, the 49ers went to the Super Bowl? It is, yes. Jimmy Garoppolo completed 69% of his passes for – just under 4,000 yards, 3,978 yards, 27 touchdowns, and he averaged eight and a half yards per completion. This is a guy who, the moment he left San Francisco, is out of the league. No one, no one will even consider playing Jimmy Garoppolo. He took them to a Super Bowl and to at least one, if not two, NFC Championship games, I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Because the team is so good and the coach is so good. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I don't like being in a position of downplaying what Purdy is doing because it's awesome. What he's doing is awesome. All I'm saying is that... What, what, Hembo, you're a war guy, right? Wins above replacement. Love it. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, their wins above replacement are infinitely higher than Brock Purdy's is. That's not true. Yes, it is. It's not true. Bam! And to equate what Purdy has done this year to what Jimmy Garoppolo did five years ago is not fair either. Why? Because this year, San Francisco's defense allowed 52 points in the two games preceding the Super Bowl. Yep. That year, they allowed 30. And in those two games... There was a moment in time oh, when we finish? were talking about the 49ers as being too good for everybody Let, let, let him finish. Let I don't finish. want him to finish, yeah, not the way he's you're losing. I'm using, losing. I'm using facts here. Jeff, that's a problem. Give me facts. And in those, two, in, in those two playoff games, Jimmy Garoppolo accounted for 31% of their offense. In these two, Brock Purdy accounted for 76 which is to say, yes, they both led their teams to the Super Bowl, but in that case, Jimmy Garoppolo was a passenger, 
And in this case, Brock Purdy is driving the car. It's just true. Let I under, him know. B- Brock Purdy is swimming upstream in three ways. He was drafted late. He looks like the best man of every friend of mine <laughs> in their wedding. And, they, and my friends dress like this. And he's playing for Kyle Shanahan, who we view as like the offensive genius of his generation. And I understand all those arguments. But if you just look at the facts... And don't look at the fact that he looks like me. Brock Purdy's been about as good a quarterback let's, as anybody let's say this in the about whole Shanahan, league. by the way. Where everybody's on the Shanahan train because it's like the popular thing or whatever. He is Andy Reid. Like, like, make no mistake, man. Andy Reid was 11-13 and, 13 and, 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 a, and a guy who mismanaged games all the time that people were calling, hey, he's in-game management's awful, whatever. Mahomes gets there. He's going to be a top-five coach in NFL history, right? Better so, than that. Okay, yeah. so Shanahan is sitting in the same seat, right? And he doesn't – he gets rid of Lance, right? That they put, that they trade all the stuff away. Who was a third pick? They don't play your favorite player in the world, Sam Darnold. They don't play. They play the third guy and roll the dice with him. And the kid is is clutch in all these situations. But because he's not tall like Sam Darnold, but you'll make the, this is what you'll tell me. And you said this: if Sam Darnold were in there, he would be doing the same thing. If he was which drafted I would tell by you, them, absolutely not. Sam Darnold was ruined before he got a chance to get started, and so are half of these other quarterbacks by the situations in which they find themselves. Okay. Brock Purdy has taken advantage of an outstanding situation. I give him I all the credit in the world for that. But Hembo, you're talking about a game that game again. Against Green Bay, they just ran the ball and never stopped. They, 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 I could have been the quarterback on that team, so it, it just skews the equation. Any team, if you can just run the ball down the other team's throat, you're not going to stop. What, which, are you the NFC Championship game against Green Bay? Oh. No, no, no. Oh, five years ago, when he had thirty oh. percent of the offense or yeah. whatever, they only threw like six passes. Well, or yeah, the, the, the defense was much better, so they could run the ball. Exactly. They've had to come from behind in each of the last two games, and Brock Purdy has led eight out of ten scoring drives in the second half of yeah. those games. Yeah, that's I, I, unreal. Yeah, I mean. I mean it's been him, yeah. and it's been him. But it's a Lions defense that is awful, oh, and a Green Bay oh, defense oh, that is awful. quality of the defense. So, so none of this matters. Here we go. So, so what you're saying is that that context doesn't matter. No. Your context matters, but my context you're doesn't matter. You're just saying matter. random yeah. things. <laughs> we're, we're saying things that happened. I'm not saying random things. I'm saying... If you watch these games, I don't know how anyone watches them and says, Green this guy's de- playing Green, as well Green as the Bay's other Green Bay's defense guys. destroyed Dak Prescott. Ate him up, right? All the trash minutes, all the little points they got at the end, that's all trash. You I just get, get that. To take off the field. So that bad defense. But, but they had allowed 48 points in that game. I mean, oh if, if I offered God. you Dak Prescott or oh Brock Purdy gosh, right now, bro, who would you, you quarterback? You drive me crazy. You drive me crazy. If I offered you Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy I'm, on your listen, team right now, which Purdy would you take? has been more clutch in the playoffs in two years than Dak has been, period. Hambo. If you're starting a team right oh, now, word. and I told you you can either have Dak Prescott or Brock Purdy as your quarterback, are you taking Purdy? Uh, no, I'm thinking Dak. Yeah, I agree with that. But so sure. what? Are, and Dak is like the 10th best quarterback. But who cares? No, he is not the 10th best are, are we turning the NFL into a fantasy draft? Right. Like That's never a thing that could happen or would no, happen. I, right. I, I feel like you're making my point for me, that the situation in which he has found himself is the reason why he is doing what he is so doing. So if Brock Purdy, let me ask you this. If Brock Purdy stays with the 49ers, they pay him $45 million, yeah. whatever. He and went, then all of a sudden, they, now, now, all of a sudden, Brandon Ayuk is on another team, okay. and they're, half their offensive line is gone. And this guy's – then you just show me line, how great he Williams, looks. Well, whoever. I don't know who yeah. they're going to lose. So, they're going to lose people. Right, right now, they are who they are in part because their quarterback makes $900,000. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. But my point is, if you, if you bring him in and you start winning, when when is it okay to give him credit for playing above expectations and being a better player than any of us expected in him earning his oh, money? He's already Because he's earned his money, right? He's already 
way better okay. than anybody expected. Okay. So, so my question is, so for you, you would decide to go roll the dice on another seventh-round guy as opposed to pay him $45 million? No, but I would take a first-round guy. Okay, so you go take a shot on J.J. McCarthy or whoever else, Penix Jr. You're going to go take – you're going to go – you're going to go a first-round pick, put up a first-round pick to watch – How about, to, how about to, Trey Lance? How about someone like Trey Lance? Yeah. How about you let him go well, they watch? They tried Trey Lance, and it was obviously a complete disaster. How bad will you feel while your first-round pick is watching that guy continue to play in front of well, him? I mean, it I would hurt feel, your heart. I will feel great, <laughs> but you won't be able to do it when he's making $50 million is, oh. is all I'm saying. No. All right, I have, I'm running out of time. Yeah. I, I fear that our relationship has has uh, it's been suffered. Severed. It was severed when you put you called it my anniversary with the Saints <laughs> beating the Colts in the Super Bowl. You're like, oh, Jeff, it's an anniversary for you. No, no, well, anniversaries are celebrated. That this was not an anniversary for me. If I was a Saint, it's an anniversary. It's an anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> it may not be your anniversary or a celebration, but it is an anniversary. Yes. Jeff, thank you. We'll come back. That was well worth the time. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Greenie, the podcast. Greenie. Greenie. 
I think that one of the things that needs to be pointed out in this, Hembo, you bring a lot of this on yourself. Oh, I bring a lot of bad, you know, out of people. You make certainly. it very difficult to like you. No, I'm not suggesting that he's the issue here, dude. My observation of our relationship was a bad one. I'm too old for you to call me dude. I'm trying to be, like, cool now. I understand. <laughs> yes, go around calling 56-year-old men dude. That'll definitely that's, make that, you seem like the fun. That's, that's cool. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. That that all that all came bubbling over at the end of our show yesterday. I, I just want because I know that a lot of times people live their lives in habits. And so many people who are listening now, which is early in our show, may not get a chance to hear the second part of our show, the, the end of our show. Yesterday we had massive technical issues, which knocked us off the air for probably twenty minutes or some period of time at the end of the show. And we were communicating. For those who don't know, Bubba and Cam work out of Bristol. They're in the control room in Bristol, Connecticut. Hembo and I are in our studios in New York. And that generally doesn't make any difference, except when we are having massive um, technical issues like we were yesterday, it makes a difference because we can't communicate with each other. So I'm trying to figure out if we're on the air or not. Are we on TV? Are we on wherever? And Hembo gets a message and says to me, we're on ESPN Plus, but we're not on ESPN Radio. To which, now the reality is that we're not on ESPN Plus. Our show is on the ESPN app. But still, the response at a time that we are still not on the air, everything is going wrong. I'm trying to figure out if I should still be talking, if there's anything we should do. Should we run to a different studio? What should we do to try and, and make better a situation that is obviously a real mess? The response that we get from Cam, as he writes, we are not on ESPN+. Plus. Hembo should know that. It's the ESPN app. And that just was the most passive-aggressive. Actually, it's not even <laughs> passive. It's just aggressive. Yeah, I think so. And the comparison I would make to it, at a moment where we're not on the air, the fact that he's giving that information incorrectly, as I said yesterday, that would be like if we owned a restaurant and there were armed robbers in the front, we're in the kitchen, and there are outside, there are guys with guns who are stealing our money and are holding up all of our customers. And it would be like Cam turning me and saying, you know, the soup is too salty. Like that's, you were worried about the salt content in the soup, Cam, when in that moment, I was trying to figure out if I needed to go to a different studio in order to try and be on the air. How do you explain this? <laughs> yeah, like I said, we were we were doing all we could to send out all the messages to make sure that people were helping us. And by that point, we had had the feed up from the ESPN app on Bubba's computer. So we were hearing what you were saying. You were on the air by that point. Obviously, you guys didn't know that. I heard Sem- Hembo say something incorrect, so I corrected him. Don't you think it might have been more advantageous to let us know we were on? Like, Hembo and I were literally not aware we were on the air, and you chose to correct something he was saying. And in so doing, all you demonstrated was that you were able to hear us, but your ability to hear us and the world's ability to hear us are not necessarily the same thing. You also demonstrated that you don't like me. No, but no. no. And that's what led to that conversation. But, Hembo, as I tried to tell you, Mm. and I tried to say it nicely— most people don't. Like you're, Here's what you are. You are very valuable to people. So for those who don't know, Hembo, before he became whatever it is he is on this show, <laughs> the reason that I have him do my books with me and everything is he's, the, he's genuinely the best researcher in the entire industry. And everyone knows it. He is generally viewed that way. Yep. And 
And thus, he makes everyone at ESPN sound smarter. They all, they worship him. Every time, if you ever hear anyone on TV, Hembo sent me this stat, Hembo sent, they're all kissing up to Hembo because they want him to continue sending them stats. So whether it's Orlovsky or Rex Ryan or anybody that you want, they all, so they all put up with you and you mistake that for a friendship. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I see. So it is more transactional than it is. It is fully transactional. Anything else. Yeah. And, and I think if you need to wonder why, you should just look in the mirror at what you are wearing today. <laughs> like that sweater and that shirt, which should not even be in the same closet, <laughs> much less worn by one person at one time. Um, it's, it's, it, and it, you, I, 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 I don't even know what to tell you. Yeah, so, so Cam is not alone in his feelings. Cam, Bubba, like I thought this was a good idea. It's one thing to like haphazardly throw an outfit together. But I thought about this one. Did you? And, and it felt good. Take me through the thinking. I'll look good in this. I'll look like a sexy librarian. What? That's the second yeah, time you you've keep, said keep that. Keep saying that. What is, what is that a? Is that what a, do you think librarians look like? Is that a genre of pornography? Like, what do you mean by sexy? <laughs> I mean, librarian? why do you even just keep why saying, do you the keep saying sexy that? Sexy anything? Well, be, well, because that's what I was going for. Like, when, he's trying to be when, cool now. When has a sexy librarian ever been male? Is all I'm asking. Like, like that. I think that it's is not a impossible. Genre. It's not impossible, but it's highly unlikely. Look, look you got you guys have given me a hard time about. The, the right lane in life that I occupy. Anytime I try to deviate, though, you give me a hard time. Like, I swore at the end of the show yesterday, you pushed back on that. Yeah, that, I'm wearing... that's, that's not... <laughs> For obvious reasons. <laughs> Don't swear. Oh, that's the other thing. This is the, the confederacy of dunces that I am surrounded by. <laughs> Cam is taking passive-aggressive shots while Bubba is frantically trying to get us on the air. Poor Brandon is racing around the seaport trying desperately to find something out to try and help us in our moment of, of 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 absolute panic cam meantime is sending aggressive notes and and hembo says to me and i quote should i swear like i'm not sure we're on the air why don't i swear so we can find out i I, I don't even know what to tell you that that is as i said to you yesterday like we're being held up outside cam is saying the soup is too salty and you saying should I urinate in the bisque? I mean, uh, no, you should not do that ever. There are no circumstances in which that's a good idea. You should not curse in a room where there are microphones, whether we're on the air or not on the air, whether we're on ESPN Plus or the ESPN app or we're not on anything at all. That should be a rule. Let's just live with that. One. I learned a lot yesterday. I hope that it stays with you. So, okay. did, so did Drew Brooks. <laughs> That's right. I have, and then I have you called out Drew Brooks, who was the yeah. producer of Mike and Mike at the end, who's a nice guy very and nice. a very good golfer, I might add. And you just decide to take a shot at him for no reason. I have now texted two different Drew Brooks uh, cell phone numbers. Saying I'm sorry, and I've not heard back from him on either. Yeah. So that's where things stand. That's because he's changed his number and not given you the new one. (laughs) All right. ESPN Bet is now live as the official sports book of ESPN. ESPN Bet is the only place to find daily exclusives and offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Find all your favorite markets and bets like in-game wagering, cross-sport parlays, teasers and all the props you can handle that's espn bet download today what a play must be 21 plus and present in a legal gambling state if a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details the scoop the scoop is this the globalization of the national football league is upon us in a huge way in fact more so than i imagined it would be the people who run the nfl are a lot of things. 
And the first and foremost thing they are is brilliant at making money. No one makes money better than they do. Now, they've fallen into some of it, which is to say the way that our society has evolved plays directly into what football is good at. Our society loves all the things football is. And the owners in the National Football League and, the, and Roger Goodell and the people who run the league, they didn't have control over that. But the globalization of the sport, which is the next frontier, is very much upon us. So Major League Baseball is a baseball is a global sport. I shouldn't say Major League Baseball. I was in Japan last summer. I was amazed, not amazed because, I mean, you've always known it, but until you actually see it. Japan baseball is every bit as important in Japan as it is here. It is every bit as omnipresent. Basketball, thanks in large part to the genius of David Stern and a lot of others, in 1992, the Dream Team went from being primarily an American sport to a full global sport to the point now where it is loved in every country on the globe. It is financially supported in every country on the globe. And more than half of the best players in the NBA were not born in this country. Now, I don't know if football will ever get to that, but I will say that with this announcement, in case you haven't heard it, that they are going to play a week one game in Sao Paulo, Brazil, this coming September. I am flabbergasted. So the NFL season, as always, will begin on a Thursday night in September. Same as always, I'm assuming the Super Bowl champion will host that game, and we'll see what that winds up being. It'll likely be, well, it'll be in either Kansas City or San Francisco. The following night, the first ever NFL game in Sao Paulo, Brazil, will be played. The Eagles will play in it. This will be on Friday, September 6th. The day after the opening night, it'll be the NFL's first Friday game on opening weekend in more than 50 years. The league has 38 million fans in Brazil with an increased interest in recent years when it comes to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. There was a stadium there, the Corinthians Arena, which played host to World Cup matches in 2014, Olympic matches in 2016. That is the likely site of the game. So we have games in England. We have games in Germany. Now we will have games. We've had games in Mexico. Now we will have a game in Brazil. The globalization of the NFL is here, and it is only a matter of time before we have teams in other countries. That will happen. There will be an NFL team, probably in London, but somewhere else. It is much easier to get to Sao Paulo, Brazil, than it is to get to London. Not that it is a shorter flight, but the time difference is substantially different. It is also not markedly farther from Seattle than it is from New York. London and Europe create a lot of problems because you're traveling due east. Sao Paulo, Brazil. I spent a lot of my childhood for reasons that we won't get into in Rio. I know Brazil pretty well. You are going straight south. And I, I, think, I think the possibility of a team in Mexico City or a team somewhere in South America, Rio, Buenos Aires, someplace like that, I think all that could be on the table. On the table, yes. I'm not going to bet on something that drastic. I think what the NFL will likeliest do is just to continue to expand its international footprint. The 17th game might wind up being you know, 16 
international games a year, one for each team, which they can pair with the bye week, and that might wind up being a standardized thing. Um, by my count, this would be the sixth city. We've had Frankfurt, London, Mexico City, Munich, and Toronto. My question for you would be, if we're going to put a team in, in England, if we're going to put a team anywhere other than Toronto or Mexico City, perhaps, would you need to put two? I think it would be so disadvantageous to have one team there for the purposes of travel, for the purposes of the players that would naturally have to move there and live there. It would almost strike me as um, a, a league expansion by two teams to be able to create an easier scenario in terms of scheduling. Yeah, I don't know. The answer to your question is I don't know. They used to say that about Vancouver mm-hmm. also, and then all of a sudden Vancouver didn't have an NBA team anymore. Right. So all this stuff is on the table. But I'm telling you, I'm not saying it's going to happen in the next two weeks. But I am saying in our lifetimes, I believe there will be NFL teams outside of the United States. This is Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. Twice a day during Super Week, Kembo Trivia, go. Including the playoffs, who is the only player to score 30 touchdowns in a Super Bowl winning season? The answer is next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We will have uh, Hembo's trivia in 30 seconds. After this word from AutoZone, are you dealing with a dead battery? Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing can help you know if you need a new battery or not, or if you're in need of a fresh charge. If you do happen to need a replacement battery, they can help with that too. And they're the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, Hembo, go. Including the playoffs, who is the only player to score 30 touchdowns in a Super Bowl winning season? I have a guess. I don't know the answer, but I have what I think is a pretty good guess. 
Uh, Bubba and Cam, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, I'm between two. I'm going to go John Riggins. Oh. Okay. The reason that you're going to guess him, can I give this away? It is oh, is wait. because you're oh, too no. young. They won that Super Bowl yeah, in a strike-shortened right. season. You're they right. only played nine regular season uh, games. I know he had like a 20-plus touchdown season, but it do wasn't we that a, do, do we no, give him no, a redo? No, no, I, no. I'm there giving, are no redos. That's my answer. I'm playing by the rules. Do you feel as though if, if he had not said nasty things to you yesterday, would you have given him a redo? <laughs> I would. Okay, fair enough. That's yeah. fair. You are, you know. You should know that. Karma Bubba? comes around. Bubba? Um, yeah, I'm going I'm going to go with Marshall Falk. It's pretty good. Not going to lie to you, I didn't think of him. I like it. I'm, I'm going to go with Emmett Smith. I, I think that, that, that was that my other one. Emmett Smith was, <laughs> was the MVP of the league one year when they won the Super Bowl, and he was the MVP of the Super Bowl. And I'm going to guess that he scored a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. Um, so can, I'm going to go with Emmett. D-dog. Jack and Brandon each have guesses in as well. Jack is also going with Emmett Smith. And uh, Brandon is going with Sean Alexander, who uh, very notably never won a Super Bowl. <laughs> what is this guy's problem? <laughs> the question he said in a Super Bowl winning season, Brandon. Oh, <laughs> this guy is great. What is going I, on around here? I can't criticize him too much. I picked a guy who played nine games. I, but but you're not. It you're was not way better than Sean Alexander. Yeah, at it least wasn't he won. Question. Cam, in your defense, John Riggins did score thirty touchdowns in a Super Bowl losing season. Oh my gosh, that kills me. That, that Brandon. Yeah, Riggins is a way better guest than Sean Alexander. He at least won a Super Bowl. That's correct. Sean Alexander. I know. Brandon, I'm embarrassed for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, what is the correct answer? The correct answer is Emmett Smith. Yes, 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 yes. Emmett Smith. Yes, yes, yes. Who in 1995 scored 31 touchdowns in a Super Bowl winning season. And that that wasn't the year he was the MVP either. Larry Brown was the MVP of that Super Bowl. Oh, the Super Bowl, right. That was the Barry Switzer team. Attaboy, Jack. You and me, Jack. No, let's not high five. Jack, I mean, get don't, off. Jack, don't overdo it. Jack just walked in front of two cameras. I know. But Jack is not the sharpest cheese in our fridge. Um, <laughs> so what are our scores now, uh, Cam? Let's yeah, I am 10 and 13. Bubba's 9 and 13. You are 8 and 15. Brandon is 2 and 15. He uh, should get two losses That is for that. really bad. Yeah. I think if you yeah. miss, if you, seriously, that, yeah. that's like, what's that? You felt rushed. You felt what does rushed? that even mean? Our break is eternal. <laughs> yeah, Jack is 2-8 and eight and Dominique is 0-1. Oh, oh, my God. That is just horrendous. Oh. All right. Greeny with you on oh. ESPN Radio. We'll have another <laughs> trivia question in our second hour. NBA action Saturday night. Warriors Suns presented by Indeed. Coverage 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. So uh, this on the NBA, I'll just spend a minute on this. So Austin Rivers, who works for us now at ESPN, and, and of course had a very nice uh, NBA career, was a very good player at Duke. His dad is Doc Rivers, and that's the important part of this story. Seems to have created a stir with some comments he had on NBA Today yesterday where he suggested that he doesn't think it would be great for Bronny James to wind up playing with LeBron. I have some of the sound. Here, here's what Austin said. I went through something similar, similar situation, but also different. I was already in the NBA when I went to go play for him. What happens is a lot of people start to discredit everything that you've done. This kid has been in the limelight since he was born. First day on Instagram, he had a million followers. He's handled it so well. He's played well at Sierra Canyon amongst talent and was able to get himself to a school like USC. Right now, his numbers don't scream pro. So if he is to go in the draft or if he gets picked, it'd be great to get picked up by a contending team that could help him put him in a situation because he 
does have talent. He does have basketball IQ. He yeah. has potential. Him going and play with his dad at this point in his career, just because Bronny's success isn't at a top tier level, him getting drafted and playing with his dad, it just I don't want that negativity to come his way because he doesn't deserve it. He's not a top ten pick. He's not a lottery pick. He's he's none of those things. I was all those things, and then still when I mm-hmm. went to go play for the Clippers, people were like, "Oh, you're you're only in the league because you're not." After me being the number one player in the in the, in the United States two years prior. So so that's Austin, and I can I can. Um, having listened to it now, I've read the comments. I, I now having heard it, I can see where people might be a little put off. But the reality is, um, his assessment of himself is obviously accurate. Austin Rivers was an excellent player at Duke, and he was a high first round pick. His father certainly is not LeBron James, but no one is, or practically no one is. And his father did have an excellent NBA career. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Doc Rivers as a player and, of course, has remained an an omnipresent figure in the sport for a long time. So I don't think it's an unrealistic comparison to make. So my understanding is that people were really bent out of shape about Am I right? The people were very offended by this. They were. What part of it were they primarily offended by? It's not not obvious to me. I I think any time you're just talking about someone's kid, like it's such a unique... It's such a unique situation. The thing, the, the, I think the thing that people took the most umbrage with was, who is Dawson Rivers to tell LeBron James how he should be parenting his kid? Well, so that was going to be my one place where I would agree with that. Okay. I, I've said this many times. Um, I, there's one thing I'm not interested in, and that is your opinion about how I parent my children, no matter who you are. I'm very comfortable with that, and I'm never going to tell you how to parent yours there are, of course, exceptions to this. If you see things that you think, please don't mistake me for, if you see things that you consider to be problematic or whatever it is, th- those things are different. But I mean, in normal family situations, I'm not interested in your opinion on how Stacy and I chose to raise our kids, and I'm not going to offer you my opinion on how you choose to raise yours. Um, and so that part of it, I can understand. But the reality is, these are unusual circumstances, LeBron James is a global superstar. His son is following in his footsteps in the sport. And Austin is a person who has as close an approximation to an understanding of the situation as practically anyone can have. There are very few people in the world. How many of them? I mean, I have a list here of NBA players and their sons um, in the league. Gary Payton and Gary Payton II. Rick Brunson and Jalen Brunson. Kenyon Martin and Kenyon Martin Jr. Uh, Glenn Robinson, Glenn Robinson III. Glenn Rice and Glenn Rice Jr. I mean, you can name them all because there were just so few of them historically. And, of course, none of them have a father who was as good as LeBron James because LeBron James is one of the very small handful of greatest players ever, and some think he's the best. So I I guess I I don't like answering questions like this, but I think I sort of see both sides. Like, if you're Austin Rivers and you're asked that question, I, I I don't think Austin Rivers held a press conference to say, I think this is how LeBron should handle this, but he's working in the media. He's asked a legitimate question. I think it's fair for him to give an answer, no? I don't think he said anything out of bounds. And I think if it's LeBron's dream and his sons to play together on an NBA floor, who am I to say that that's the wrong thing to dream? Uh, and, and I think there's that side of it, too. All right, it's interesting stuff. We take a, a brief break. Back in a moment on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.